2: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to World Cups in a nutshell for this Thursday morning. It's the 27th of October, 2022. We're broadcasting through SEN 1170 in Sydney, SEN Q693 a.m. in Queensland, and SEN 1620 a.m. on the Gold Coast. Daniel Pettigrew with you for the next hour before Vossi and Brandy for breakfast through every station uh, for the first hour. Queensland, this is you'll get it for the first hour, and then Padding Hills come along for you at 6 a.m., Local time. Big show today. We're going to have a chat with uh, Vossi in around about 10 or so minutes of time. Just wrapping up the second week of the Rugby League World Cup and looking ahead uh, to another big weekend, the final weekend of the Home and Away. World Pool fixtures, i said, home and away fixtures. Pool fixtures of the Rugby League World Cup. Before we move into sudden death with the quarterfinals next weekend, so we'll chat to Vossi in about ten or fifteen minutes. Chris Perkins will be in the line from America in about half an hour. We'll have a chat about all the news coming out of America and a big weekend coming up as well uh, for them in terms of sports. So we'll have a chat with Chris and plenty. Else on the agenda open line number is 1300 01 11 01 1170 or you can send a text on 0457 736 736 hot, hot, the hot topic
1: thanks to rain built tough for aussie conditions when it comes to water heating ask your plumber to
3: install a ring
2: yeah, does your hot water need replacing? Get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a REM. I want to get straight to this.
1: Time to get the latest from the T20 World Cup.
2: Yeah, and that leads our hot topic this morning. I don't know if you watched it yesterday afternoon. This Ireland-England game of the T20 World Cup was part of a doubleheader. Well, it was supposed to be a doubleheader at the MCG. Unfortunately... Well, we had one result, didn't even have a full game between Ireland and England, and the other game between New Zealand and Afghanistan was washed out uh, without a ball being bowled. So, unfortunately, the Melbourne weather getting involved. But back to the first game, what a remarkable win. One of the biggest upsets I reckon we've seen in sport for quite some time, Ireland beating England in the T20 World Cup. Now, they did do it on Duckworth Lewis, uh, it has to be said, by five runs. However, if you were watching the game, um, when the rain stopped play at 5 for 105. I thought Ireland were on top. Now, that's not to say England may not have come back and won that game. But Ireland bowled superbly. They actually dropped some catches. Probably would have put them in a better position. If you didn't see it, of course, SEN has every game of the T20 World Cup. Let's just have a listen to some of the highlights from yesterday's famous win by Ireland over England. Wokes in again.
1: Oh, Balburnie gives himself room and just lifts it up over point. Put in again. Right on over. Dancing him and... Giving himself some width and room, and it brings Sterling unstuck and straight down the throat of Sam Curran on the third man rope. Wokes to Tucker, little ramp lift. Oh, and he's played that to perfection. No, went full, and Balberni saw it coming, gave himself room, and just scooped it up over backward point and got it to the rope for four. Last ball, the Curran over. Tucker dances, full face of the bat, up and over, mid on, and that is six. Two balls left to come in this over. Oh, that's lifted up off the hip. That's going all the way. That's seven rows back over fine leg for six. Alberni just leans onto it now. It oh, came off the dear, hand mate. of Rashid, and Tucker was backing up. Rashid in, turning it off the toes behind square, is camper to pick up. The single that brings up a very well-made 50. Curran from the shame-worn end. Oh, step, pull shot, massive six over deep backward square. Right arm over to Balburnie. Step sweep, and there's a man out there. And Alex Hales takes the catch to remove the Irish captain. Battenham with five overs to go. Was that the faintest of edges? Just trying to play the late cut close to the body and the finger goes up from Paul Rifle because I think that did actually take an edge and Little's gone for a duck so the Irish innings bowled out for 157 Little to Butler, big edge, it's taken massive wicket second ball the innings Joss Butler gone for a duck first ball the Little over, pull shot through mid wicket Alex Hales is going to pick up his first boundary was patient on that, picked the gap nicely so Hales got two Little in again to him, pull shot Now that's gone up in the air, fine legs up on the ring, backpedalling, underneath it. No more damage done. No more Alex Hales. Stokes on strike, he's bold! Fionn Hand has ripped through Ben Stokes. And he just burls past every teammate in the celebratory sprint. Extraordinary scenes of the MCG. Oh, now there's no catching that. Oh, in fact, that's going to drop short. And that time it is caught. I thought it had legs. And it just fell off a shelf. Harry Brook is gone. Alan Milan on 35. Right arm over is McCarthy. Went for the pull shot. He's put it all the way up in the air. It's come off the top edge. Down to third man and taken. From the members end to Moe Nali. It goes straight up in the air. Flat bat slap for six. So there is high drama at the MCG. Irish fans and Irish eyes are smiling. It certainly will rank as their greatest ever T20 International World Cup win. The rain has halted play. England are five runs behind what would have been a pass score in the DLS. And therefore
2: Ireland have beaten England at the MCG. Yeah, quite an amazing result. Ireland over England. It is disappointing, I think, that we didn't get to see what would have happened over those last uh, five and a bit overs, but Ireland definitely deserving that victory. And what it does do as well, it is uh, opens a door for Australia because, look, everyone was assuming England would win that game against Ireland, but uh, Ireland causing a major upset. So even though Australia lost to New Zealand, uh, they could still advance in the six-team group. What it does do, though, tomorrow night's clash at the MCG, and hopefully the weather is okay. We'll, we'll check it out. In just a second in Melbourne, but it's almost a much a must-win game now for both of these um, teams, Australia or England. You typically need a four-one record to get through uh, to be one of the two the top two teams. So that's tomorrow night at the MCG. Um, and looking at the forecast in Melbourne tomorrow, only a top of fifteen degrees, showers. So let's hope it doesn't affect it um, too much. But yeah, the England. Batting card. Butler out for a duck. Hales, seven. David uh, Mal- Darwin Milan, 35. Ben Stokes only got six. Uh, Moeen Ali was not out on 24. And to be fair, was looking probably the most dangerous of the England batters. But in the end, um, Island get over uh, get up in a famous win, so that got me thinking. And I know we did this. I think we did this much earlier on in the year in one of my first shows. But one 70 the open line number, or you can text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Your famous sporting upsets and your famous sporting victories as well. Doesn't necessarily have to be an upset. We can go down that line. But what's a famous sporting victory as well? Maybe one, it may have been expected. It might have been someone's last match. It might have been a big match. But your famous sporting victories, your famous sporting upsets. 1-300-01-1170 is the open line number. Or you can send a text on 457 Your famous sporting victories, your famous sporting upsets. one uh, 1170 Or text 457 Now... Just on uh, that game. So uh, Ireland winning by five runs, thanks to the Duckworth-Lewis system. Uh, The other game, as I say, between New Zealand and Afghanistan last night was abandoned without a ball being bowled. So we've got two matches coming up today. That'll be uh, in Sydney, I think it is, at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Uh, At 2pm and 6pm, in fact, three matches coming up today, two of them in Sydney, the other one uh, over in Perth. So at 2 o'clock today, South Africa will take on Bangladesh. That'll be followed at 6 o'clock by the Netherlands against India. And then at 10 o'clock tonight over in Perth, Pakistan will play Zimbabwe. So quite a, a busy day in the T20 World Cup. And as I say, tomorrow, Australia play England. And tomorrow on the show, we'll have a chat with our cricket commentator, cricket expert, Jack Clifton, to get his take on the first week of the T20 World Cup and also that vital clash between Australia and England tomorrow night. And have you got invested in this T20 World Cup? I was talking to Matty Cox from Tradies uh, Tradies News in Melbourne yesterday, and it's sort of been an ongoing conversation in our chats over the past two or three weeks. Um, About how in the lead up to the T20 World Cup, maybe you weren't as invested as maybe you thought most people would be. But I think in particular over the last week, the Australia-New Zealand game, despite the poor performance by Australia, the India-Pakistan game will be one of the highlights of sport this year in this country and then what we saw yesterday with Ireland over England, 0457 736 736, or you can call the open line on 01 three hundred o one eleven seventy. Are you into the T20 World Cup? That goes for another few weeks yet. Final uh, in a couple of weeks time. I think it is. I think it's the weekend of the 12th and the 13th. 1300 01 three hundred o one eleven seventy. Famous sporting victories, famous sporting upsets. 0457 736 736 is the text number or... um. You invested in the T20 World Cup, we can talk about that as well. Plenty of other news around today in the world of cricket and rugby league as well. On the other side of this, though, we're going to have a chat with Andrew Voss in Manchester, get his take on the second week of the World Cup and what he's looking forward to most in the third week of the World Cup. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, 1170 the open line number. You can text 457 736 We'll take a break, come back with more. It's 10 past 5 in New South Wales, 10 past 4 in Queensland. This is World Cups in a Nutshell. It is, and asking your great sporting upsets, your sporting victories of all time. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The open line number. or you can text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. This uh, from Jason just says, "Great to hear the English lose the cricket." Uh, yes, I thought that would. Uh, be a common theme across our listeners uh, today. We'll get to more of your texts in a second. 0457 736, 736 Or you can call the open line 1300 01 eleven seventy. Time to do this.
1: It's now time for a
2: Rugby League World Cup update. And let's cross to our studios in Manchester. Andrew Voss is on the line one half of Vossi and Brandy. Morning or evening to you, Vossi.
0: Uh, Yes, both of those things, Uh, Lieutenant Dan, is, what is it, ten past seven Mm. uh, local time on a Wednesday night here on a night where we don't have any uh, World Cup Rugby League. In fact, uh, we've got a little two-day break now before uh, more matches, but we're about to really ramp it up, I can tell you from here, because not just uh, the Men's World Cup, Mm. uh, that we will be then ripping into the uh, wheelchair competition and also the women's. Now the wheelchair competition getting a lot of attention because England are very strong in that. Um, mm. In fact, they're saying that England v France could be the final in the wheelchair competition and people are pretty excited about the exposure it's going to get via the BBC. And, of course, the women's competition in Australia are outright favourites and they will win. I'm just telling you. Spoiler alert! The Australian alert. team will win. Yeah, that's it. Spoiler alert. Um, and I'll be up at uh, all the pool <laughs> matches, which are going to be played in beautiful York.
2: Ah, oh, very it's nice. Just around the corner. And the women's yeah. game, the women's final, is on. <clears throat> sorry, the same day as the men's final. So about, I think it's one thirty the women's final, then four o'clock the men's final. So that'll be good. Who do we think Australia would play in the final? Yeah, you, you're saying they're going to win. Do you have a, a prediction yes. on who they might play?
0: Oh well I spoiler alert again, it'll be it'd be New Zealand. I mean they've tried to mm. talk up here what if um, it would be let us get a little sentimental, mm. it would be great if England could make the final of all three um, be brilliant. divisions. That would yeah that would be a great result for rugby league over here to be hosting the World Cup. Mm and uh, compete in all three finals. Mm. Um, But, uh, you know, a bit of territory to cover between now and then. I'm certainly not locking them in for either the men's or women's finals. No,
2: I thought their their performance against France uh, the other day was still good, but they did switch off for, what, about a 15, 20-minute period. And if they do that again uh, in the big matches, they may well lose them.
0: Yeah, look, they're being realistic. Um, Dan, that they, they mm. scored themselves. I heard George Williams speaking after the game. It, look, they scored their performance a six out of ten.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah. and I think
0: that I think that's pretty fair. Mm. Um, look, I, I still say Papua New Guinea can can rattle their cage. I have no doubt about that in the quarterfinals. So, you know, I, I I don't think they can just scrape through against the PNG side if the PNG side play up to what I believe they're capable of. Mm. You know, I think. If they start well and, you know, they just keep running. If they could be a little more disciplined. The game I was at last night, Mm. what let uh, PNG down at stages is this propensity to go for the big hit yep, yes. and it goes astray mm. and you give away high tackles and they had one in the bin. Well, mm. you know, they, they can't play England and, and have players sin binned and that sort of thing. So mm. a little more discipline, keep the aggression because mm. that's one of the beauties of their team or one of the positives, but um, it has to be a disciplined aggression.
2: 32-16 yesterday it was, Papua getting over the Cook Islands. I know you spoke about this with Jimmy and Brandy, but Reece Martin missing that goal. Oh, wow. Just very disappointing, Vossi.
0: Yeah, yeah, Brandy, what did, we do? what did we do? He's such a lovely fella, Reece Martin, mm. so humble, and it would have been nice for him to just bang it over. He'd been doing it for months, and then we have him on the show, and, and then he misses his very next kick. So, yeah, that's an ultimate example of the commentator's curse. Mind you, he was the player of the match, Reese Martin, mm. so there's some solace for him. Uh, took it in his stride, but I have no doubt that deep down he was a little disappointed. Um, because he did bang over a couple from the sideline later in the game. So, you know, Mm. that that was a shame. And it would have been nice from – look, I'll be very selfish from a commentary point Mm. of view. It would have been nice to be at that moment – Um, and and see 42 in a row. But at least I called him kicking his 41st, which equaled the world record.
2: Now, just looking ahead to the next weekend, and this is the last weekend of the pool matches, a couple of big ins. New Zealand are actually first up against Ireland. 5.30 a.m. Saturday morning, Sydney time. uh, And a few big ins uh, for New Zealand in their last pool match heading into uh, the quarterfinals beginning next week.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Dan. So we haven't seen Jerome Hughes at this tournament because of injury. He, Mm. of course, is there first-choice halfback, uh, you know, as solid as Kieran Foran is at 32 years of age, they're going to be a better side with Jerome Hughes running half-back and the likelihood of uh, Dylan Brown playing 5'8". Now, that doesn't mean that Foran is out of the squad altogether. Mm. I think they will still carry Kieran Foran on the bench in their best 17. But to have Jared Hargreaves back in the mix, i tell you what it does do, creates quite a problem for Michael Maguire, and I think Brandy has spoken about it on the program. I don't know where Jesse Bromwich, the captain, fits in because yeah. I don't think he's in their top four front rowers in the squad. And he's the captain. So uh, Michael Maguire has to make a decision there around what is uh, you know, an incredibly strong pack mm. that he has players at his disposal to pick from. New Zealand v Ireland is the match at Headingley which kicks off the, uh, the third round of games in the pool games. Dan, put it this way. If we get results as expected, yeah. These are the quarterfinal matchups: England v PNG, Australia v Lebanon, Tonga Samoa. Yes, that's that's the interesting one mm. right there. Mm. Um, I'm not quite sure which way that'll go. If Samoa improve, I mean, forget about what happened in game one now. Mm. Um, so you know, we'll 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 just have to see what happens. Uh, with their with their efforts
2: and um, and what so do my, you think uh, look, you think Samoa? Uh, look, well, Samoa have France this weekend, Monday morning our time at four a.m. Um, yeah, maybe I don't know. I think Tonga have played well without being brilliant over their first couple yeah, no, of games. Have. Correct, and yeah, the,
0: I think Jerome Luai can can do more than what the halves can yeah. do for Tonga, to be honest.
2: I think if Samoa can get a good win over France, because, look, France have been pretty good in this competition as well. They've, uh, they tested mm. England last weekend. They beat Wales in the first week of the competition. But, yeah, I think Samoa over Tonga. And then that would probably lead, if England were to win, probably lead to an England-Samoa semi-final, which would be very interesting, a rematch of the first week of the final. So there's a bit of uh, gr- uh, ground to go, but rematch of <laughs> the first week of the uh, competition. I think it would be a lot closer.
0: Yeah, and the other quarterfinal uh, likely to be New Zealand versus Fiji. So mm. that's that's the Australian side of the draw. Australia v. Lebanon, mm. uh New Zealand v. Fiji, and then you'd think Australia v. uh New Zealand in a semifinal. Yeah. And uh England v. either Tonga or Samoa in the other side of the draw. Pretty pretty competitive. I I mean I, mm. I, I believe yeah that is the I know we've there's been criticism of big score lines and there may still be a few um, big score lines in the quarters anything's possible mm. based on what happened in the first game 60 to 6 mm. uh, England Samoa but I think they're all worth watching from quarter final on I, I think you know Good entertainment. Good entertainment.
2: Yeah, I agree. Australia play Italy uh, this weekend. You'd expect that to be fairly uh, one-sided to Australia. Just quickly on Lebanon, Michael Checker, he was on uh, the news, I think it was Nine News last night. He brought the Lebanon players who he's coaching in the Rugby League World Cup together with the Argentina players who he's coaching in the Rugby Union together to have a dinner. There's a fair chance, well, Lebanon will be in those quarterfinals. There's a fair chance he's going to be coaching, if not the same day, basically back-to-back days in different sports.
0: How does he do it? How I'll tell you what, I would have liked to be been that meal. There'd be some good meat. <laughs> yes, it uh, looked nice. served at, at, mm. at that meal, getting around. Mm. Um, this from a man who, was, who did the curry mile today <laughs> oh. in uh, Manchester, and mm. I'll tell that story during the breakfast yes. show. But, uh, look, Michael Checker, um, people have been blown away by how impressive he is over here. Um, the rugby league fold, you know, they're, they're pretty anti-rugby union, the real die-hard rugby league <laughs> people here, but they're prepared to adopt Michael Checker to the point they'd like him kidnapped um mm. he can be a flag bearer for fledgling nations very impressive every interview he has done in talking up you know one of the sides that is not a power in rugby league and by the way you said australia italy got some news mm. on uh, italy mm. that uh, while they play australia this weekend and you might say ah oh, italy mickey mouse Then some of their players that are from their domestic competition, they're going back. Their domestic competition Mm. kicks off next Friday. Oh, wow. Uh, A nine-team competition. I was really pleasantly surprised to hear Mm. they have a nine-team domestic league in Italy. And some of the players that I'm going to call playing for Italy this weekend inside a week will Mm. go from playing Australia to playing in their domestic league in Italy. It's a dream that one day, Mm. one day they could have a team. Northern Italy certainly represented in you know, tiers of the the UK Super League and along with the French sides, that would be something, wouldn't
2: it? Yeah, it'd be very, very uh, good. And yeah, good to see it growing in easily. Very interested. You'll do it with Brandy. Very interested to hear your review of the curry mile. I'm looking forward to checking that out in a few weeks myself. So I'll be hanging off every word, Vossi. Mm. I know you... There's
0: there's nothing but restaurants. Yeah. It's quite incredible, Dan. (laughs) If it is a mile, Mm. then there's a mile worth of restaurants on both sides of the road and they're all of that that kind.
2: All right. Looking forward to hearing your review. You'll be up with Brandy in just over half an hour. We'll hear from you then. Thanks, Volsie.
0: Yeah, thanks, Dan. Can you smell of a breath from
1: there?
2: Uh, no, no, thankful, thankful, thankfully breakfast. not. Thank, no. <laughs> thank you. Andrew Voss on the line. He'll be along with Greg Alexander, Vossi and Brandy, The Breakfast Show, after 6am. Uh, this through SENQ Q693 and SEN 1620am on the Gold Coast. You'll uh, take the first hour of that show before Patton Hill's local time at 6am. Uh, 0457 736, 736 is the text number. You can call the open line as well, 1300. 001 1170, asking your thoughts on uh, famous sporting victories. Now, it doesn't have to be a sporting upset on the back of Ireland beating England. You can throw them at me, but just famous sporting victories. Uh, This one from Gary, he just goes, come on, Ireland. Yeah. Brilliant. Just brilliant. Great win. Um, and this one from Brett says, Morning, Dan. Biggest sporting upsets. Japan beating South Africa in the 2015 uh, Rugby World Cup. Also, Prince of Penzance, Melbourne Cup, and feeling ready in the Magic Millions Honourable Mention. Thank you for that, Brett. Good text. Keep them coming in. 0457 736, 736. Open line number. You can call. Get on any time. 1300 01 three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Just before a break, And now the Melbourne Cup is only uh, six, five days away. Uh, It's creeping up slowly because I think some people may have forgotten, not uh, not the people that love their horse racing, but maybe the casual viewers of horse racing have probably slightly forgotten that we are having the Melbourne Cup, but it's the first Tuesday of November. Is actually the first day of November, next Tuesday, the 1st of November. Uh, one of the world's richest people uh, and the breeder of the winner of the Caulfield Cup, Durston, has questioned the status of Melbourne Cup as one of the world's greatest races. Uh, now, uh, uh, Kristen Rousing, uh, whose Forbes lists as the world's 206th richard, richest person, has a net worth of $9.8 billion, has has questioned if the Melbourne Cup is one of the biggest races in terms of uh, horse racing. Um, Now, she went on to say, I'd be obviously very happy if Durston could win the Melbourne Cup, but no, as a handicap, it doesn't compare with the world's foremost weight-for-age races, uh, she was saying in an interview from the UK. As an example, in Europe, no handicap is permitted to be a group race, the winning of group races is all important to establish the ability of the runner who then runs at identical weight to his competitors. The Melbourne Cup cannot really be compared to the world's best races. However, it is, of course, a massive cultural event in Australia and a very significant representation of Australian racing. Uh, Peter Volandis, head of racing New South Wales, uh, says, I disagree with her. I think the Melbourne Cup is a quality race. That's why we put the big dance on as uh, the entree in Sydney. Uh, yeah, well, look, I mean, I'm not an expert on horse racing. There's probably people um, that know, well, there definitely is a lot of people that know a lot more about horse racing than I do, but... It's still a very big race, isn't it? Is it the biggest race in the world? I don't know. Maybe you do. 0457 736 736 or 01 three hundred o one eleven seventy is our open line number. If it's not the biggest race in the world, it'd have to be one of the biggest races. Now, again, um, the one in England uh, could, of course, be bigger than that. Um, there's Look, there's big races all across the world. but uh, And I understand that, I uh, probably understand where she's coming from, but it's still... It's a major race. It's a huge race in terms of uh, the world. You get uh, horses and jockeys coming from all over the world for it. Um, And we'll ask next week. We won't do this now, but probably on Tuesday. Look, it is up there uh, just from an Australian point of view on the Australian sporting calendar. Um, Maybe, and as I say, we'll talk more about it next week, but maybe the biggest day on the Australian sporting calendar. Look, it's the the only day that uh, I think... I mean, and we're lucky when we get Rugby League and AFL Grand Finals and the like, where they fall on weekends. But Melbourne get a public holiday for the Melbourne Cup and the rest of Australia, especially in Sydney and also our listeners through Queensland, you may work a half day and then the majority of people will either take the afternoon off or if you do happen to be at work, you stop what you're doing um, and you watch the race or you may finish work early or may go to the pub for an hour or whatever. It does stop the nation. It's one of those rare events that does. Even people who have a very casual interest in horse racing may only watch one race a year, watches the Melbourne Cup. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Is it one of the biggest races in the world, or do you agree with her? Well, you can text 0457 736 736 just before a break as well. And we do this for Ken Arts higher Ken Arts higher make your job easy. Talk to someone who has taken the Ken Oath today. Good news for Australia in the net ball, uh, winning over England last night. 55-54. Uh, Donald Wellham, uh, Wellham, uh silenced her sponsorship soccer critics with an Australian debut. Never to be forgotten. She won the Test of the Diamonds over England, scored uh, the, her eighth goal in in the final term in the dying seconds so 55 54 win in Newcastle last night um, Australia won only one quarter of the first test against England and it was enough to get the win ahead of a game two in in Sydney on a Sunday. So in the netball, the Diamonds over England, 55 to 54. That's for Ken Arts High. Ken Arts High make your job easy. Talk to someone who has taken the Ken Oath today. one 300 our open line number. You can text 457 asking famous sporting victories, uh, famous sporting upsets. And the Melbourne Cup, do you consider it to be one of the biggest horse races in the world? Um, after a bit of criticism coming uh, in about the Melbourne Cup overnight. 0457 736 736, the text number. You can call 1300 01 1170. We'll get to your text after this. Also, on the other side of this, we will have a chat with Chris Perkins in America. It's 29 to 6, 29 to 5 in Queensland. It is to America in just a second. Interesting text here, just on the back of our discussion about the Melbourne cup. Uh, This one from uh, Brett saying, Hey Dan, in regards to the Melbourne cup, uh, because of the King Charles's birthday is in November, I would propose Australia to have the birthday for King Charles on Melbourne cup day. What are your thoughts? Uh, So this is, would I suppose replace the Queen's slash King's birthday we have in the middle of the year. Um, Although I do think, and I could be wrong, um, but I do think what is interesting about the Queen's birthday, or King's birthday now, is that it is uh, on, I think in most states in Australia it's on that same day. I think it's in June. But it does get moved around a bit, I believe. I think Queensland, uh, at least as you know, I think you have it on a, a different day to uh, Sydney. I suppose the only issue with that, I guess, Brett, is the fact that Melbourne already have a public holiday for Uh, Melbourne Cup day. However, you could probably make the rest of Australia the King's birthday holiday um, and then give it on another date in Melbourne, keep it the same date as it is now in Melbourne, in June. I suppose uh, I guess people would then say, well, then people would say, oh, but we lose a public holiday in June. But I I, I would say the vast majority of people, um, and look, not everyone supports sport and we get that, but I'd say the vast majority of people would rather a public holiday on Melbourne Cup Day than a public holiday on a Monday in the middle of the year that you can't really do much. Or just give us another public holiday. That, that can make up another reason for one. Just give us an extra uh, public holiday. Look, I don't mind it. I, I've said for quite some time that I think um, in Sydney and Queensland, really around Australia, it should be a public holiday. Melbourne gets the public holiday, understandably, because that's where the race is. But I do think that the rest of Australia... Look, look I know, for example, myself, I'm going out next Tuesday. I'm um, going out with some friends to watch it. Uh, one person, and I'm, I'm lucky enough that I work in the morning so I can, and I will be here at work and then go out afterwards. But, um, one person, I know one of my friends is taking annual leave for the day. Um, and that's, that's not just going to be him. There's going to be a lot of people that will be doing that across Australia next Tuesday. So not a bad idea. Uh, your thoughts on that? 0457 736 736. Good text, rate Or call the open line 1300 one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. one Time to cross to America now. Talk to Chris Perkins. Chris, good morning to you.
3: Hey, Melbourne already gets an extra holiday with the AFL Grand
2: Final. Yeah, so the, the way it works is, yeah, so Melbourne actually get two, compared to the rest of Australia, or at least New South Wales, they get two extra public holidays. They get the AFL Grand Final day, um, and then, or great, the day before the Grand Final, and then uh, Melbourne Cup day. Uh, New South Wales, it has to be said, does have the Monday after the NRL Grand Final off. Uh, but uh, yeah, so a couple ah. of but yes, definitely uh, at least one extra public holiday a year for uh, people in Melbourne. I, t- I tell you what, people did like in Melbourne this year. Uh, obviously, it came in unfortunate circumstances, but we had the public holiday uh, for the Queen on a Thursday. Uh, what, a month or so back now. Um, And that led into the Friday public holiday in Melbourne and then uh, the weekend. So it was very nice for people in Melbourne. Less so for people here in Sydney and Queensland, it has to be uh, said. But, look, look, I I know you're on the other side of the world, but I think... um, It's a no-brainer to have a public holiday on Melbourne Cup Day in Australia. But we'll wait and see what happens, if that ever happens, or if it just stays a public holiday in Melbourne. Uh, A lot of sport happening over in America. We'll start uh, with this, Chris. Clay Thompson, he had an early night.
3: Yeah, he did. A really good game for a while last night in Phoenix. Between the Suns and the defending champion, Golden State Warriors, uh, Phoenix winds up winning 134-105. But but the big story was Clay Thompson. He got run. He got ejected, tossed from the game, first mm. time in his career uh, that he's been ejected from a game. Uh, he and Devin Booker were were doing a lot of chirping last night. And, you know, Devin had say something, Clay responded, holding up four fingers, uh, of course representing the number of championship rings he has <laughs> has, which is four more than Devin Booker Lucky for some, has. yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, uh, they, they kept jawing. They get in each other's faces. Referee said, okay, we've had enough of this crap. Tee them both up. Uh, Clay doesn't like it. Keeps chirping toward the ref. Has to be restrained. Ref says, okay, Clay, that's your second technical. Get out of here. Mm. off to the showers and from that point on it was a close game at that point in the third quarter from that point on uh the the suns went on a run wind up winning the game by 29 clay had a rough night even before he got tossed two points on one of eight shooting in 19 minutes it was not pretty for clay thompson last night uh devin booker finished the game uh 34 points by the way. uh, Jock Landell, uh, the Victorian, mm. how about uh, 17 points off the bench for him last night? Very nice. Suns. Very Four nice. Five Suns in, in double figures. So uh, a nice win for the Suns. I'll be more impressed by a win like that for the Suns if they can do that to the Warriors in May in the Western Conference Finals rather than late October.
2: Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that one. Now the NHL has a new Iron Man. What's this
3: about, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Now, hockey players, professional hockey players, I will put them on a toughness scale up with anybody. Mm, With with due respect to the AFL and the NRL, because they are some tough SOBs as well (laughs) in in those leagues. Uh, But uh, NHL players, 82 nights a year, they strap up, put the pads, the helmet on. They're wearing uh, sharpened steel blades on the bottom of their feet, going out, getting whacked by sticks, hit by uh, hard rubber discs, and getting their faces slammed in the glass every night. Mm. Uh, Phil Kessel, call him the king of the tough men now. Uh, He made his debut in the National Hockey League November third, two 2009, and in the intervening 12 years and 51 weeks, uh, he has not missed one game. Last night he played his, played his 990th consecutive National Hockey League game, which sets a new, new uh, record for most consecutive games by an NHL player. Uh, he did it for the Vegas Golden Knights against the San Jose Sharks Knights won the game four to two. And if that wasn't enough history for Phil Kessel, he, he just said, you know what, let's, let's have two history making performances in one night. He opened the scoring for the golden Knights. It was his 400th career goal. Uh, just the 13th mm. American born player to reach 400 career goals in the national hockey league. So a, a stick tap to him. And, and just, like I said, just called him the king of the tough guys. And we talked basketball earlier, mm. uh, Hockey players, basketball players—not even a comparison on the toughness scale. Remember, basketball is the is the sport that gave us the phrase "load management."
2: Yes, what a wonderful phrase that is as well, Chris. I'm glad you brought it <laughs> uh, to the attention here. Now, uh, big weekend of the NFL. Uh, I know we'll have a Tom and Giselle update in just a second, but Ravens and Bucks headline a big weekend.
3: Yeah, and that's a that's a big one. I mean, the Bucks. I I don't know what they're doing right now. They they got to figure something out. Twenty one three Sunday loss to the to the. Uh, I'll be generous and say rather poor Carolina Panthers mm. sitting at three and four. They got a big game tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football to kick off Week Eight uh, against the Baltimore Ravens, a team that yeah they're in first place but they're kind of struggling as well. Uh, closing out games did a good job closing out the game last week against Cleveland, but had blown a couple of big fourth quarter leads earlier uh, in, in in the last few weeks uh, and wound up losing those games. Uh, for the Buccaneers, I mean Tom Brady. I don't know what they can do. I mm. they've got so much talent. They've got Leonard Fournette in the, in the backfield. They got Mike Evans. They got Chris Godwin, two top end wide receivers. I mean, Mike Evans dropped an absolute sitter for a touchdown on the third play of the game Sunday against the Panthers. Uh, I mean, Brady dropped it in the bucket perfectly, and Evans just flat dropped it. I mean, he was so wide open he could have moonwalked into the end zone. <laughs> It, it was that easy, and he winds up dropping the ball. But I, I, I mean, the Bucks have got to figure something out. I and mean, if you heard Brady's presser yesterday, he sounds like the guy who just got the call from the governor denying his part. Hmm. And the guards are about to walk him and strap him do, into old Sparky. Do, uh, he he is just he's, it, It's not good there in Tampa right now. Do you
2: think he's regretting his decision not to retire? Um, he came, of course, he said he was retiring, then came out of retirement. Do you think there is now uh, some regret there? He will never admit it, probably, but do you reckon there is?
3: I, 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 I wouldn't. I would be shocked if there wasn't some regret, at least inside his head. Yeah, I think you're right. He'd never say it publicly because, you know, he's a competitor. He wants to win, and he wants to go out as a champion. And he's willing to go out on his shield no matter what that cost him whether it's professionally uh, whether it's health whether it's personal uh, I mean he's he's losing a lot but right now unfortunately Tom Brady and it's partially him it's partially uh, the guys that are around him not performing mm. but he's starting to look like Willie Mays when he played for the New York Mets uh, Willie Mays was this Great home run hitter, great player, defensive player, uh, all through his career up to the mid-1970s with the New York and San Francisco Giants. His final two years, uh, the, there's always talk about Willie Mays on the Mets because those two years he played for the New York Mets, he was a shell of himself. And Brady, unfortunately, is starting to look that way. It does
2: go to show, and I think we may have spoken about this uh, a while back. It, it does go to show that sometimes, and look, he could still turn things around. But sometimes, sporting players, even sporting champions, do go on that year too long. And sometimes, and we've seen it in locally mm-hmm. in sport here, and obviously overseas as well. Um, sometimes it's better to go out on top, and maybe that's not winning competitions, but at, at t- the top of your game rather than pushing it a year or two. Um, which, uh, and you know, and you know, Chris, oh, the, 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 sorry the problem the problem when you do that as well is that yes in 10 or 20 years time that one year the uh, you struggle will be forgotten but right now it's the forefront of everyone's minds
3: it, it absolutely is now in fairness Tom Brady is 45 years old yes uh, but there a lot of people have lost a lot of money betting against Tom Brady and, and his ability to perform okay mm. Um, you know, even into his forties. Remember, he just won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago at the age of forty well, forty three. Mm. All right. So you know, betting against Tom Brady, betting against Tom Brady and his ability to perform, you do that at your peril. Mm. But, you know, at this point it's getting to the point where Father Time looks like he, he's starting to get the upper hand on, on Brady, and that, that's sad. But, you know, again, even, even if this year is a complete disaster for him, ultimately he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to be wearing a gold jacket, first-time uh, el- eligibility, without a doubt. Mm. I, and we'll kind of forget about it in the greater picture uh, of his legacy of seven Super Bowl titles. Mm, yeah,
2: exactly, 100%. Right, Chris, uh in 30 seconds, do you have any updates, speaking of Tom Brady and his situation with Giselle, or, or no real update?
3: Well, well, listen, uh, Giselle, she's apparently playing hardball. This uh, mm. was the story last week from the Daily Mail. Uh, she has hired Florida's uh, top divorce lawyer. His name is Tom Sasser. Uh, I believe he represented Ellen Nordgren. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, you remember she was the former Mrs. Tiger Woods ah, yes. um, okay. until they got divorced. Now, now listen, Brady has not been accused of anything near what uh, what Tiger was accused mm-hmm. of. I mean, remember Tiger had a global harem on multiple continents, including, I believe, in Australia, mm-hmm. um, that uh, he got caught with. Uh, really made the divorce lawyer's job a lot easier, her divorce lawyer's job a lot easier. But, yeah, apparently uh, uh, Giselle has hired Tom Sasser to be her divorce attorney, which means she's going right for the nards.
2: Uh, She is. She is. Well, let's watch that space. We'll get another update for you next week. Chris, thanks. Great stuff. We will talk next week.
3: Sounds good. You have a good day.
2: Thanks, mate. Have a good day and a good weekend when it arrives. Chris Perkins in the United States. We'll talk to him again next Tuesday. Uh, Tomorrow on the show, Jack Clifton, cricket commentator, will join me. We'll have a look at a big week at the T20 World Cup and preview uh, that very important game tomorrow night at the MCG between Australia and England in the T20 World Cup. And John Gallo will join me. A big weekend, of course, A-League EPL action, and we continue at our Roach, the Football World Cup. Don't forget, every game on SEN once the Football World Cup gets underway in a few weeks. But uh, we will continue our preview of the World Cup. Only four teams to go. So we'll do two tomorrow, two next Tuesday. on then And then on my final show on Tuesday week, my final show before I take a break, I will be back, hopefully, um, we will get his predictions for what is going to happen in the Football World Cup. So uh, that'll be something to look forward to in just under two weeks' time. But tomorrow, Jack Clifton, John Gallo, and all the other news floating about as well. We'll take a break. Come back with more. Breakfast is not too far away. It is 10 to 6 in New South Wales, 10 to 5 in Queensland. This is World Cups in a Nutshell. NBL tonight. Uh, we've got the Bullets up against the Illawarra Hawks and also the 36ers will take on the Breakers. Text from Gary on 0457 736 736 says, hi Dan, great upsets. Muhammad Ali knocking out George Foreman. Rumble in the jungle. Gary from Macquarie Fields. Thank you for that text. Gary, keep them coming in for Vossi and Brandy on 0457 736 736. Been a bit of news around the Newcastle Knights over the past 48 hours. Uh, news overnight that Jake Clifford has Agreed to terms with Hull of Sea for next season. Uh, He was on the outer with Knights coach Adam O'Brien but will now attempt to resurrect his career under Tony Smith in England. It is understood Clifford has signed a two-year deal, but the contract does have an option that will allow him to return to the NRL at any point. It comes as the Knights continue to chase hard for West Tigers halfback Luke Brooks. Tim Sheens has remained silent on all of that. Also, the Knights link to Ruben Garrick with a potential switch for Caelan Ponga to move to 5'8". We'll see what happens with both of those players over the course of the next little week. Thank you for your company today. Breakfast coming up with Vossie and Brandy right across the listening area. For Queensland listeners, you'll take the first hour of Vossie and Brandy, then Pat and Heels after 6am local time. I'll be back with you for the final one of the week tomorrow morning. Jack Clifton will talk cricket, John Gallo will talk football. I'll catch you then, 5am. Have a great Thursday.
1: Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why Tyrepower gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply, so visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13-21-91.